Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Outkick 360's Tennessee Power Hour. Alongside Chad Withrow, I'm Jonathan Hutton, David Reed, and Jakob Swanson making the show happen for us. Dylan Taylor, our production assistant, and Paul Koharski live in Tampa Bay. Titans and Bucks just wrapping up practice number two ahead of Saturday's preseason game at Raymond James Stadium. And Paul joins us from their practice facility where Several fights broke out this morning, Paul. It was a, a scrappy practice after the Titans got after the Bucks yesterday, and clearly Bruce Arians' group trying to send a message of physicality and tone setting today. Yeah, uh, it was a feistier practice for sure with four scraps, but scraps don't amount to much because two guys come together and then immediately there's a swarm of everybody. Uh, it's kind of like when the bullpen comes running out of the baseball fight and everybody stands around. Football has become uh, basket uh, uh, baseball to a degree with yeah. this. Um, first off, Mike Vrabel said the Titans sucked today. I, I thought that was uh, our last answer. I think they were very good. Go ahead. All right, we will check back in with Paul when we get a, a Wi-Fi connection. Vrabel did say that the Titans sucked today. Um, it was a physical tone-setting practice, I believe, early in the practice, Chad. Antonio Brown and Chris Jackson, who's vying for that starting nickel role for the Tennessee Titans defense, um, got into it. A one-on-one battle may have been seven-on-seven. Seven. I'm reading through Twitter on this. And Jackson was penalized for holding or at least that was the accusation. And they started chirping, came together, and there's a still photo that Reed sent us where you can actually see a close fist with the helmet removed. I think uh, A.B., Antonio Brown, ripped off Chris Jackson's helmet. And you can see Brown's fist connecting with Jackson's jaw. I don't know. It's a, Again, it's a still image. So it may have been just a glancing, like, put your fist up against somebody's face type thing instead of a punch. And it, but it's the left hand that's following through and hitting Jackson on the chin. So that, that would qualify as a fight if a punch was thrown and it connected like that. Otherwise, Paul's right. It's, it's kind of just kind of a, a scrap and a shove more than anything else. It's nothing about the photo I saw that looks like a glancing blow. It looks Don't like know. he hits him square in the jaw in the photo we saw. And, and we'll, we'll get that up for you uh, soon as well. But what Reed sent us, <laughs> I mean, that was a left Square in the jaw is what I'm looking at. It's, it's at an odd angle at first. You can't really tell that it's – what's weird is you see the red shoulder pad mm-hmm. behind it, and it, that looks like it was a red glove almost hitting him in the cheek. But then you realize, oh, that's just his cheek hitting the shoulder pad because a white glove worn by Antonio Brown is popping him in the jaw. That's right, yeah. And uh, several players did not practice. It, it looked almost identical to the players that didn't practice yesterday. Uh, the good news, though, is uh, we did see Monty Rice 
participating in individual work. Remember, he was carted off yesterday, and, and I said, uh, press the brakes on uh, declaring him out for the year because a player was carted off. A lot of times, they'll grab the cart because the walk to the training facility is such a long walk on these practice facilities if you're three or four fields, depending on where you're practicing outside. So that's good news, that the rookie uh, linebacker who's battling for time with David Long as one of their reserves and, and a key special teamer, quite frankly, this year, uh, was able to get right back into practice and joint work, and he wasn't held out of practice today. So that's good news. Um, but overall, it sounds like it was a sloppy practice. And, and again, we have not seen, we brought this up yesterday on the show, we have not seen the full starting offense practice together, I believe now 15 or 16 practices in to training camp. That's not good. It's not detrimental to this group right now, but you do have a new offensive coordinator, and Tannehill needs to build some type of rapport and chemistry with Julio Jones. Maybe some, some think that's a bit overrated because we didn't have the preseason last year, and he had great chemistry with his receivers. I think it's important in practice, and it's important in practices like this where you're getting padded one-on-one -on -one work to get timing and repetition down with your quarterback. Really, that's the only guy I'm concerned with, with Tannehill. Everyone else should be able to fit in and fill the gaps necessary because everyone else is familiar with each other. Well, you got in this discussion last week where the question was, would you feel comfortable if they just had one week to prepare for the first game mm -hmm. together? And I think we all hesitated but said, yeah, we'd feel comfortable with that. But that's not choosing that over the alternative of these guys practicing together and playing together beforehand, right? Right. Perfect world is they get ready to go and they have a lot more practices other than just that one week to get ready. We get Paul ready with a full practice report coming up. We go back down to Tampa momentarily here on Outkick 360. Hang with us. I'll kick 360 and the Tennessee Power Hour with Chad Withrow. I'm Jonathan Hutton. We're going to check in with Paul in a matter of seconds. But first, here's that image that Reed sent us that you can see. And you can see the white fist uh, with the glove of Antonio Brown connecting. That is, that's Chris Jackson's jaw that uh, you see there. Um, that's, uh, that's a punch, a closed fist punch that sent Brown into uh, purgatory for, for a bit until things settled down and then he returned to practice. Uh, but that was the first of what was a very physical practice overall. Paul, did you, did, were you up close to this, to this fight between Brown and Jackson during one-on-one -on -one work? And if so, what was your vantage point? But, but pieced it all together. So Brown was the instigator there. He threw the punch. Fulton came over to kind of help Jackson. Brown ripped the helmet off, uh, and then A.B. swung and it hit. It connected that punch. I think that's a George Walker picture, okay. um, which is ex excellent, excellent work. He's scrambling as much as anybody because there's there's limited open open periods. Um, so that was the first one, and that's where some action actually happened before everybody was on high alert and was able to swarm. Um, then later, uh, everybody was on high alert. The other three were very quick. I was close to one that spilled over where the Titans uh, were running their offense and where Cam Batson was a central figure. Um, White, I believe the linebacker from Tampa Bay and Cam Batson seemed to be the central figures in that 
And guess who was in the middle of that one, boys? Right in the middle trying to peel people off. Mike Vrabel. Uh, right there. Um, you know, now he's not doing anything nefarious, obviously. He's trying to break <laughs> it up. But uh, he got there fast. He got there faster than a lot of the players. Now, that, that partly because of his good positioning pre-play. But, um, you know, he's getting in there with his fist rolled up. Bruce Arians isn't running into the middle of that fight to try to break it no. up, right? Bruce Arians <laughs> is, is breaking a hip. If uh, No offense. I love Bruce Arians. But he's breaking a hip if yeah. he gets in there. Um, uh, Mike Vrabel is, is a sheriff-like uh, in the middle of there. So, um, I, I don't know. I felt like the four kind of uh, did help get the Titans off their game a, a little bit and, uh, and help them suck, as, as Mike Vrabel talked about. Vrabel talked about, though he, he didn't necessarily buy that they, they had much sway either way. He was busy being upset with his team for not being very good today. And he sees the offense more than the defense. Yeah, and we'll get into that comment just uh, in a moment. But we, honestly, just some, some background here. We should have seen this coming because I went back and watched Arian's uh, post-practice from yesterday where he's he's discussing how physical the Titans were in yesterday's practice. And I can only imagine in meetings and walkthroughs or whatever took place this morning prior to practice, that, that message was sent to his team that they needed to match the physical tone that the Titans brought. And it sounds like Tampa did that. Were, Tampa did Tampa instigate all four of these? I, it's hard to tell, really. Okay. Uh, Antonio Brown certainly did, and Antonio Brown. There was there was some buzz amongst uh, Bucks reporters that he got thrown out, but then we saw him having a one on one conversation with Arians uh, a little bit off to the side, and then he resumed practicing. So, excuse me. You go ahead. Here comes the sneeze from Paul. Of course, it goes away. Of course, it goes away. Um, Nothing like if you need to sneeze on air, inevitably, you get right to the brink and and then it goes away. Um, So I don't know that Tampa was instigators. I know neither team backed down, right? Neither team's going to back down and then uh, it turns into a big swarm. It ends up being a waste of time. You know, fans like hearing about it on Twitter and think it's feisty. There's no real video because it's out of video periods. You know, you get that one picture. Um, and it, it's really not that bad. What it turns into, it's a big pushing match. You know, <laughs> everybody goes into a big uh, circle and pushes each other and pulls people away. And it's a big, big, you know, three minute pushing match. And then everybody goes back to their proper, proper places. It doesn't have much of a bearing on anything. Except for the fact that in this case, it wasn't just a pushing match. We have a photo of Antonio Brown hitting the jaw. Of Chris yeah. Jackson. And Paul, I don't know if there's any precedent for this. If this was just a team-on-team camp violence fight, there would be no action from the league or anything like that. Is there anything in place when teams get together and practice if a brawl like this breaks out and one player punches another player's helmetless head in the face? It, I, it, if this happened in a game, imagine what would happen. There would be suspensions. To, to Antonio yeah. Brown. There would be suspensions, right? Is there anything that's going to happen out of this? Uh, not, not from the league, I don't think. I, I don't think it's under the league's purview. I think it's under the Bucks' purview and the Titans' purview. And maybe Bruce Arians will send, uh, send Mike Drabel an email and say, hey, we find Antonio Brown, <laughs> you know, conduct detrimental or whatever. But I think it would be a, a, an in-house thing. And – and, uh, yeah, that was a, a, a big moment in the first fight. But like I said, after that, 
everything was a quick swarm. I, once, if there's no helmet off, throwing punches at somebody's face, we've we've all discussed before, is kind of an idiotic uh, endeavor at a football practice. You're more likely to hurt your hand than to hurt the guy you're swinging at. Um, and so I, I I wouldn't classify anything as as a brawl. Um, that was a good swing by Antonio Brown, who on a guy whose helmet he managed to get off. So yeah, he he. He should be in trouble, and uh, he, he nearly got thrown out and he got a stern talking to, and I wouldn't be surprised if there's some internal discipline against him. Um, and we know uh, Antonio Brown's got his issues. That's not a normal guy out there like the other, uh, what, 160 or, uh, or uh, 180 guys out here, however many it is. Um, he's always uh, different. And he certainly came in with big frustration because he had a terrible day yesterday with a couple drops and did not play very well. He's probably one of the guys who got his name mentioned in how, uh, and how the Bucks didn't measure up to the Titans yesterday. But certainly, uh, you know, this thing was a wash or maybe the Bucks winning today surpassed the Titans winning yesterday and the edge goes to the Bucks. Edge to the Bucks, but you, you mm-hmm. mentioned, Paul, that there are two receivers for the Titans who did bring a physical tone, Cam Batson and Nick Westbrook-Akina. What stood out to you from those two? Cam Batson was very feisty today. Um, he he was not afraid to get into the mix and to uh, to yap. Um, which sometimes you know you look at a guy doing that, you think he's annoying. But I thought Cam Batson was trying to to set a little bit of a tone. And then there was a another play over on the this field here where um, Nick Westbrook, Akina, and somebody else were were double defending a gunner on punt return stuff. I can't remember who the guy was. But there was some talking going on as they were defending the guy who then, you know, kind of ran through the end zone to the post and Westbrook Akina and whoever he was working with kind of pulled up and Westbrook Akina just kept talking to him. You know, Westbrook Akina was stopping and turning around, but still looking over his shoulder, yapping at the guy, telling him, you know, coming all day, coming all day. Uh, Now that I'm thinking of yapping, there was another guy, (laughs) a cornerback. This was a very strange exchange with Vrabel um, on the field, right, right on the other side of this iPad. Uh, who was telling Vrabel, who was, you know, bringing juice. Vrabel's always going to bring juice, right? And the cornerback, I think the guy with the double last name, Hutton, you know him off the top of your head better than I will um, without my roster in front of me. He was saying to Vrabel, keep bringing that energy all day. Keep bringing that energy all day. And Vrabel's like, I'm not playing. I'm not going to get tired. It's not going to be a problem for me to maintain my energy. (laughs) I, I, I don't know what kind of drop-off you're looking for from me, but there's, my energy is not going to be a problem. So they're running these one-on-ones in this end zone, a very, a very good period. I wish it lasted twice as long as it did. And um, so Vrabel's standing in the back of the end zone, and these plays are being run. Uh, Tan, this is Titans offense. And so Tannehill's doing most of the throwing. And something happens with one of the cornerbacks. I'm sorry I don't have the information right in front of me. But uh, the way he swiped at the ball and the contact and stuff, Rabel had some thoughts on how it would have been officiated. And so he's telling the Buccaneers guy. And he gets into, you know, from a distance, not an extended conversation, but a a reasonable coaching session with the Buccaneers guy telling him, if you do that, they're going to see it this way. And, you know, I'm just kind of, you know, he can't help himself from coaching even if it's not his own guy, right? It's a, it's a pretty great moment, I thought. Now, I don't know if the other guy, how seriously he's taking him or whatever, but I think he's given him legitimate intel on, you know, this is how they're going to deal with that. 
this year or, or always. And I can't help but tell you as a defensive coach who studies officiating and everything that, that this is what's going to come out of that play. And in this moment, I, I, I have nothing to tell my guy who I thought played it all right, but here, here's some intel for you. Well, and just to, to double up on, on a Bucks example, I was reading a report yesterday that said that Gronkowski did that with Jayon Brown on a big play where Gronkowski made a play downfield from Brady. This was yesterday. Walking back to the huddle, Gronk was giving Brown pointers on you know certain moves that he's going to make based on the look that Brown gave him. I think there's inherently, and I think this is way different from the NFL in the 70s and 80s, uh, and maybe even later than that. Oh, for sure. I mean, do we, do we think that the White House Cowboys were, were having <laughs> moments like that at, at no. joint practice? <laughs> I'm not picturing Michael Irvin doing that, you know, and, and Rob Gronkowski is of similar profile. I, I think it's symbolic of how the league has changed. And I know a lot of fans don't like that, don't, don't care for that at all. They want guys, uh, they don't want guys hanging out on the field before the game, being friendly. But uh, that's kind of uh, – I don't want to put, call the union into it, but it, that's a brotherhood thing going on right there, right? Rob Gronkowski's not thinking that Jayon Brown's going to hurt him with the information he's giving him. Rob Gronkowski knows he's going to beat Jayon Brown on size alone if Tom Brady's throwing to him in a, in a game. They're not playing in the regular season this year. Um, you know, that'd be a great thing. If, if, if Jayon Brown makes a play against Rob Gronkowski in the Super Bowl, we'll all, the three of us are going to remember that moment and go ask that question. But I think the days of Rob, a guy like Rob Gronkowski thinking like, I can't talk to this guy on our way back to the huddles about that because it could come back to burn me in the Super Bowl. Stuff like that's dead in the NFL for the most part. And I know we don't like it in certain situations, like the baseball rivalry stuff doesn't exist. Certainly those two would go up against each other hard in a real game. But I don't think they think there's a line that's inappropriate for them in that circumstance. Mike Vrabel's tweet yesterday won the day. A uh, picture Classic. of him and Tom Brady and Brady's son, Jack, and said, uh, Jack Brady visiting with his favorite former Patriot also <laughs> pictured Tom Brady, which was great. Paul, was there any further interaction with Brady and Vrabel today? Yeah, they stood for a long time talking again with the son um, while Vrabel was waiting to come over to do his media. And... Um, I was I was kind of uh, trained on them. I was I was I was talking over the video. I'm like, my mic is picking up everything they're saying over there. Isn't this interesting? And then I was like, what kind of goodbye is there going to be? Is there going to be a hug? Is there going to be a chest bump? Is there going to be a chest pump? Um, it ended up just with a, a Brady tap on um, Vrabel's shoulder. If you're interested in, in this sort of thing, Blaine Gabbert was over there also um, for a while. Um, so I, I think it's just two friends talking, uh, having a good time. I don't know, uh, if Vrabel was responding to something there. Like I saw it reframed as like Vrabel gets revenge on Brady. I don't know what that's referring to, but oh, maybe the trophy, that, maybe Brady brought yeah. a trophy to him uh, two years ago. Yeah. That's a classic tweet that got tons of traction. I think these guys are really desperate for me to move because I'm somewhat in range of the tent. Right. Oh, what here, do you have over there? That, they want to break this down. I don't see how my presence here is preventing them from breaking that down. And I finally got a good internet spot, but uh, I think next break, you might see a different background. 
What is what is up with the the, the league teams? This is not just a, a local issue. Uh, wanting to get sure. media to scurry away. I mean, you're you're outside of the facility right now. No, I'm in the well. Yeah, I'm outside the facility on pavement. I don't know why they couldn't break this down. There's a radio show here from Nashville, also broadcasting until 2 o'clock. There's two of us. They can't do this a half hour later. I, I don't know. I told them when I got my credential what time I was broadcasting. A guy comes over and says, what time are you broadcasting? So it's the same time I told you when I got my credential, 2, two o'clock. I'm now on my hotspot as opposed to their internet. And, I mean, this pathway goes a long way this way, but there's no internet down there. The internet is over here, over here. Not for long. It wants me to wait. There's no internet down there. <laughs> What's he saying to you? Hold on. Now, I have to move. I have to move so that the truck can go. Oh, they need to drive the truck down. Through. Paul, can we interview him? Yeah. Can you get him on? To, we can ask him these questions. Oh, this could be great. We're just going to keep this live. We'll do it live. I had to take out my ears for that. Yeah, no, we, can, we, can, we can do play by play. Moving you're moving if you'd like. <laughs> this is Paul no, readjusting his computer. Now, now he's getting set up. He's got one I'm ear back. in now and he's watch. ready to go. What's going to happen? Let yep. me tell you a little bit, Chad, about what's going to happen. <laughs> Let's be pros here. Um, there's a white Ford truck over here. Looks old. Could be, you know, uh, late 90s. Early 2000s? I don't know. It's going to drive by me. It's going to come from this area. We saw it once. And it's going to go this way. Apparently, I wasn't given enough space. Now, I don't know if it's going to fit going that way because I have bags there and there are light poles. Look, if it wants to go here, there are light poles. And here's Tom Moore. Tom, give a little wave. Say hello to the people. There's the great Tom Moore. Was that a I mean, wave or a middle a- finger? I couldn't tell. What, what did he give you on the on the wave? What did you say, Tom? He don't know if that was. He doesn't know if that was great. He said, but he's walking. I to- I told him earlier. I- he hopes that he hopes that's lucky. He said, "Nice." So we got that going for us. We got good luck from Tom Moore. I think he's saying good luck dealing with these guys in the truck. Oh yeah, we had we had Peter King yesterday. We have Tom Moore today. Paul, can you show our audience the people that are shooing you away from the facility? Can you turn back towards the people getting you out of the facility? I, I could. Right now, they're behind a uh, a, a pole. Um, <laughs> as soon as they're not behind the pole, it would be a good visual, Chad. I like the way you're thinking. But right now, they're crouched down behind a pole, dealing with some uh, handiwork, some mechanical uh, unplugging. Uh, I'm doing joists. I don't know. Uh, you know, I don't know the lingo for uh, anything mechanical, but Shocking. they're doing important work <laughs> that is uh, below my uh, sight line. It is fascinating, though. That half hour is very crucial. And they've been really good to us here. But uh, this is a lower, lower ranking people I'm dealing with here. Hey, I, uh, I brought this up on the first segment. As you got your Wi-Fi reconnected, Paul. And by the way, your your hotspot has been fantastic uh, throughout this segment. In um, Nashville, it doesn't do a damn thing, but in Tampa Bay, it's terrific. <laughs> it's working great. It's working great. Um, <laughs> I, I brought up I brought up the the players who did not practice today. It's more or less the same as yesterday, except uh, uh, Marcus Johnson was also on that list as just a a healthy player that they chose to sit out. What what does what message does that send to you that that he did not practice today? I don't know if he's healthy. Where'd you, where'd oh, you okay. get that? Well, I, 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 I he was I mean, listed I presume right out, he's ding. Okay. He was listed right out of the, the jump by everybody that's taking attendance. 
and they just said they just listed him with Julio and AJ as receivers yeah, not he's practicing. Not, dre- not not dressed, but I, I don't know why he's not dressed. Uh, and you know, we don't ask Vrabel that question most of the time because it's absolutely fruitless. Um, he wouldn't say if these were maintenance days for AJ Brown or not. So we don't know if AJ Brown's dealing with something, dealing with something new. Uh, you know, feeling the soreness of the knees and the ankle that he talked about, you know, from last season or what. Let's let's go to this, Jonathan, because you were good at pointing this out. And I have a column up about it now. I mean, 16 days. Mm-hmm. These, these are the practices that they listed as training camp, right? When they sent out the press release about the practices, this was the last practice of those practices. Now, there'll be some more open practices next week, but I don't know if they technically count as training camp. They've not had the offense together for one of those. And, you know, the first couple were A.J. Brown, but Jeff Swain, I mean, uh, Julio Jones. Um, but Jeff Swain disappeared pretty quickly. Ben Jones got taken down, stood up, uh, you know, limped around, ran over to celebrate a touchdown, spoke to the media that day and said, ah, it's the bumps and bruises of football. We haven't seen him since. I don't even think we've seen him, like, on a bike or, like, physically we haven't seen him. Um, you know, Nate Davis has something going on. Um, you know, Luan, AJ Brown Luan was just, limited just early. Talked about Lawan was limited early. Still doesn't do stuff. I'm not worried about Lawan and Derrick Henry, right? Those are those are choices. Sure. But still, like at some point, you got to get all those guys out there and get some timing down. Timing, I'm concerned about. Downing, I'm concerned about. I mean, you yes. need some live periods of unscripted stuff where Todd Downing calls plays for all of these people. And then Vrabel said today, you know, practice kind of sets, I can't remember the exact words, but it was really good what he said, which really feels like an indictment of not having everybody for practice. I asked Saffold the same question I asked you guys the other day, you know, if you have everybody for the week of, of game, game planning for Arizona, how do you feel? I said, I feel pretty good, especially if those receivers are out running right routes, getting, getting their timing down. But the fact of the matter is we have a game plan. And if we go out and run the game plan, we're supposed to win, right? That's what he said. And he said, this offense will be supercharged if we get everybody back and all of these people have filled in and done all this good work. So, I mean, that spin, yes, it's true also, right? But you like to supercharge it by having your ones run with your ones and then giving them some time off uh, to, to weave in the twos. And we know that Marcus Johnson and Chester Rogers are good now. It'd be perfectly fine if they sacrificed some snaps um, for for AJ Brown and Julio Jones, so that those guys could get their timing and their rhythm down. You know, uh, so I, I think it's a legitimate concern that this this and plus, you know, think about this: how many bucks we're missing? Mike Evans is out there, Chris Godwin's out there, and Dominican Sue, who I think is he, how old is Dominican Sue? He's one of the oldest players in the league. He's out there. Bucks are defending Super Bowl champs. If anybody has reasons to take days off, uh, you know, a Tom Brady-run team with a lot of old guys. Gronk's out there. Gronk was in retirement a, a, a year and a month ago. Um, and, and they've got, uh, A, a healthy roster, and, B, they aren't doing a hell of a lot of load management on a day where they – on two days where they have visitors coming in to practice. So it's a pretty big contrast there. And it, you, you say there's also a contrast in the approach to Saturday's game just based on public comments by Arians and Vrabel. Yeah, I mean, Arians is a somewhat of a happy-go-lucky uh, guy who says, uh, yeah, I'm not playing anybody, <laughs> especially after these two days. 
Um, and Prables, you know, wasn't even willing to rule out, uh, you know, and maybe he plays Tannehill, but, you know, that's the name I try to get, at least the quarterback. People want to know if the starting quarterback's going to play, but he's not willing to rule anybody out at this stage. Now, I think he said this before. I wish he would reiterate it. And look, he doesn't have to say I'm, I'm not his PR coach by any means. But I, I think maybe he should ring the bell once a year to say, like, the reason that I don't tell the fans who's playing and who's not ahead of the game is because I want the guys all to feel like they're playing so that they have the mindset that they're playing and so that they stay sharp. You know, and if I tell you right now that Ryan Tannehill's not playing, there's potential for Ryan Tannehill, even on a subconscious level, to behave differently from now until the time that I officially tell him he's not playing. And I don't want that. And I think that's a reasonable thing. But I think we all tend to forget about that. And then we hear Bruce Arians say, oh, yeah, nobody's playing. And we think, well, if it's that easy, why, why can't we able to? But I do think that they, I, I don't mind that there's a legitimate basis for it. Not so much with Tannehill, but with a lot of other guys in terms of, uh, you know, that mentality that you want them on their toes for longer, thinking that they're playing even if they're not. What was the quarterback play like today for, for Tennessee with, with Tannehill? I know uh, he had a bad interception that you can detail for us. Also, the way Logan Woodside finished practice. So the absolute best periods of something like this in terms of proximity and everything are, are the red zone periods. And um, what they're doing is basically they've played low red zone starting at like the 11 or the 9-yard line most of the time. And they alternate. So the Titans go out there and try to score a touchdown and uh, they either score the touchdown or they don't on their three downs. Uh, and then the Tannehill and the offense go off and Brady and the offense come on. So it's, it's pretty good watch. Um, and they were going tip for tap pretty well. And it was ones following ones, following ones, following ones for a good while. Um, Tannehill was doing very well and it had a, a very good period. He had one pass that he would want back that um, he was trying to throw to Ferguson, who had some space kind of uh, center left in the end zone um, and had gotten away uh, and free back there, but he didn't put arc on. It, it, it was a pass that needed some arc, but some pace, you know, uh, something a good quarterback can calibrate. He didn't calibrate it. He tried to kind of zip it in there a little bit. And Levante David, had to be four or five strides in front of uh, Ferkser. It shouldn't have been a factor in the play. Picked it off easily. Um, so that was a bad play. And there was one later where um, I felt like Tannehill absolutely learned from that one and threw the kind of ball on a similar, uh, similar play where he got to the guy he needed to get to with a little bit more, uh, got it over the linebacker and down to, uh, to his intended target. Um, so they were going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth there with touchdowns. Woodside came in, um, and he threw two terrible interceptions uh, to the left side. Uh, the second one was to the left side, like kind of to the front pylon. The other one was more towards the post, and they were just like straight to box. Now, Vrabel said those were end-of-game plays, like last, game, last play of the game. So if he takes a sack, the game's over. If he throws a touchdown, the game's over. If he throws a pick, the game's over. So it was a situation where he had to make the throw and maybe the coverage was tight or whatever. I think there's got to be a better throw in there for him to make that's not hitting a buck in the chest. 
Paul, I'm, I'm sitting here in studio next to Chad, and I, I can feel the, the table shaking. He's getting anxious because he's got to get his Sam Ficken update uh, with the kicker battle. It wasn't the table that was shaking. Oh, sorry. It wasn't the table. It was just, <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, he wants to know, and we all do, it was, was Ficken as consistent as he was yesterday? I know he at least missed one kick, but it was an upright and it was a long one. I believe it was eight of nine, and he, uh, his miss was from 58 which had good leg on it. It hit That's the right great. upright and got, <laughs> got sent back. I mean, guy looks pretty steady well, Let's, right let's end the competition right now. I've, I've heard enough. <laughs> Based on the Titans kicking past, I've seen and heard enough already. Sam Ficken is the guy. He's the starter for this well, team. Chad, you haven't even had the delight, I don't think, unless you saw a video clip of hearing Tucker McCann speak, which would really go in Sam Thicken's favor because Tucker McCann is um, childlike in front of microphones and tape recorders, and I can't imagine what he would be like after missing a crucial field goal. Yeah, I, I, I would fe- cut, I fear for cut him. all mutes from the team if you're Vrabel and the Titans. you got to get rid of the mutes. I think, I think I told this story. There, there was one play, you know, where a kickoff, where the, the kickoff guy is, is – uh, you know, expected to, to say something about the return at a certain point. And Craig Alkerman, you know, said, Sam, you got to speak or tell them. And I turned to whoever was next to me. I thought, they're counting on this guy to speak in a full stadium. I mean, Paul, he, couldn't I'm not, handle, he couldn't handle four of us across the ring. Paul, you know that uh, we're not Jersey guys and I'm, I'm not a buy a Jersey guy, but I'm considering a Sam Ficken Jersey. <laughs> if he continues to miss with enough leg from 58, that's enough for me to buy a jersey. Tony on the uh, – in fact, he goes by Tony Yayo on our YouTube <laughs> chat. I guess a reference to Scarface maybe. Says, where's the Mason Kinsey update? Is he dominating the Tampa Bay secondary? I wasn't dominating, but he, he's been pretty good. Um, he had a moment today. Uh, so at the end of that one-on-one period, they did run two-on-two. Uh, both guys on the same side of the field. The drill that I talked about early when Caleb Farley was swimming and had a lot of trouble as, uh, as they were working on rubs and stuff like that. And Kinsey ran one play uh, that did not go well, and he went back, uh, back to um, the huddle or uh, back to the group of receivers. And I'm not sure if it was Vrabel. It was probably Vrabel because it was loud enough to hear. And he, they were like, we just worked. We just talked about that. And so he did something wrong there, which I think is a rarity in Mason Kinsey's world. Uh, quietly effective these couple days, I think, but still, I think going to have a tough time at the back end of that receiving group where, you know, he's a good player, but I think at the back of that receiving group, you're looking for a skill to develop and build around, and he's not a guy necessarily. His skill is like being solid and smart. I don't know how often we see the last guy in a group. I, I don't know, I, I, especially when you're talking about two draft picks. Um, I, I, I think he's got an uphill climb as, as good as he's been, and he's definitely steadily getting better. He's going to have a big chance Saturday night again, I would think. Paul, go ahead. Make us jealous and, and let us know what you did to hit the town last night and um, the great food that you had oh, down there in the How bay. was Mons Venus? I did, yeah, Mons Venus. There's so much <laughs> COVID is not the primary disease concern at Mons Venus. And that, that's saying something in Florida. Um, I did not tell you guys this story out of shame, but I am here to serve the show. I left 
uh, after we finished yesterday, and I went over to the parking lot, and I've got a, a small black SUV as my rental car. And there's a trailer there, a media center that's air conditioned, and I had to go to the bathroom. So I said, I'll go in there and pull off for a second, go to the bathroom. So I started the car, put my stuff in the car, started the car, turned the air conditioning on full blast, and went into the media center to go to the bathroom. I came out, and I was locked out of the car, the running <laughs> oh. car. Now, oh, no. I don't know how there is a Nissan Rogue. <sighs> in existence that national rents out in 2021 that will lock from the inside i hate that park. feature uh, i don't know how that I, I, and look that's a really dumb thing by me did you have your I, did you have your bag in the seat to where they thought the the car thought you were sitting in the seat like weight no, the, wise the keys in the keys in the ignition but there's no weight on the seat like, my bags are in the back okay my bags are in the back so I'm at one buck place, right? This is the home of the Super Bowl champions. It's Tom Brady's work address. <laughs> now, National tells me they'll have somebody here in an hour. So I can handle an hour, right? I go talk to some the media friends in the trailer, and I'm on my phone. The car's at no risk, right? I've got a full tank of gas. I've driven four miles in Tampa Bay. <laughs> so... I, I'm ultimately, the woman's very slow that I deal with with National, but I'm ultimately in touch with the guy who's coming to get into the car. Uh, you know, they give you an app that tracks him, an hour, everything's good. He's seven minutes away. I'm golden. I order food to show up at my hotel room so that I can eat as soon as I get there and work. Everything's great. So seven minutes later, he calls me. He's at one buck place, one buccaneer place, which, by the way, is the same exact address in some other town in Florida. I, I'm like, how is this possible? <laughs> this only happens so, to you also. This is yes. only happening to you. So then he checks off the job is completed because he tells me he's going to call in and get somebody else assigned to it. I'm talking to the woman. She's all confused. Then they tell me it'll be like a two hours before the next person comes out. I said, I'm looking at like 10 minute locksmith down the street that could, says they could be here in 10 minutes. No, but I don't know if they'll break into a car, a rental car for me. So it turns out this guy says he's coming. He ultimately shows up. It was about two hours and 20 minutes. That felt like about 10 hours. Totally behind on writing. Get to the hotel, eat my cold food. Um, and then I hunkered down. I watched the Yankees and the Red Sox. I did some work and I got ahead. I had a couple drinks at the bar and I did nothing. Tonight I'm intending to go out to dinner to a place called Columbia. I love the name of the place. And I've been there before. And the food is excellent. I got to get a reservation. Are you doing that today? That's my plan. If I is, can this get a, a is this a big group you're going with, or is this a solo excursion? Small, small, small group. Who's funding this project? <laughs> uh, my travel sponsor is good enough to fund mm. my end of the project, and I couldn't care less how the other two guys are paying. There you go. Paul, I, I don't know how this driver um, would Google. Like, I, I, I've done this. I've done this, in, in, as you're telling the story, one Buccaneer Place, Florida. I just wanted to see how, what options popped up across the entire state. The there can't first, be another option. It, it, the first nine suggestions are all Tampa or Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It's, it's all, it, but they're just different names for the for, for the facility. So it's like you know, uh, it's got the the Buccaneers website, or it's got the the uh, original one Buck Place Tampa. You also have the the name of the actual practice facility, the Advent Health Training Center. Like, the, there's no way this guy typed that in and didn't see where you were located 
or it's just your luck that the one option out of the 50 that would have popped up, he selected to go to like Orlando. I even remember, Paul, reading Tony Dungy's book, Quiet Strength, (laughs) and there were tons of references to one buck place. One of the things I remember from that book is he's constantly talking about the way they're going to do things at one buck place when he took the job, and that was a consistent theme in the book. Chad, let's not insult this man, but he's not reading Tony Dungy's book. He's not no. reading a- anyone's book. Um, but no, look, it gets worse <laughs> because what they do is they send you a text which puts you, uh, gives you a link which puts you inside their app which gives them a GPS location. <laughs> so they start off with my physical location at the physical car. <laughs> so not just one buck's place which is several acre compound but the physical spot where my car was at one buck's place. So I don't know how that translates into, I can't remember the township that he said, but not this one. He ended up at like Disney World or whatever. You know, he, yeah, he went to something with Johnny Tour to Orlando. Yeah, Pirates of the Caribbean, the, the ride. Oh, I'm here in Fort Myers. Where are you? <laughs> I, don't see her, I don't see her Nissan Rogue. That key is in my bag, and that bag is not leaving my purse. Paul, uh, here in studio in Nashville, they have fixed the air conditioning. It is it is quite yes. chilly now. Like it, you, you would be complaining of being cold. That's how nice it is here in the studio. Uh, uh, but it looks much sunnier there than it is here uh, for the time being. So enjoy your time. Let's check in tomorrow in the first hour, and then uh, we'll we'll talk all things Titans and Bucks preseason game number two. I would be com- complaining about Chad's third nipple poking out from underneath his sh- shirt. Or the shaking beneath the table. I would be complaining about. I urge everyone not to block a box and to lock their locks. It's been a pleasure, gentlemen. Thank you. And thank you to the production folks for making yes. me look good. See ya. See ya. PK checking in there from Titans training camp in Florida, the joint practice there between the Titans and the Bucks. Uh, every time I hear of a training camp fight, I think of the story of Keith Bullock and the one that re- uh, Chad has relayed to us over the years of, yeah, that guy didn't want to fight. Fight my buddy was involved in at a holiday give, party. Give a 60-second synopsis, but protect the innocent from naming names. Bell Mead Christmas party <laughs> at a place that has never seen a fight before, that should never see a fight again, where my buddy... Uh, in a drunken stupor, decided he was going to get into an altercation with an Army Ranger over an Uber that showed up, and he claimed it was his, and the Army Ranger claimed it was his. A fight ensued. I ran. I tried to break it up. I got shoved into some oh. shrubs out front, ran inside to Shrubbery. get Keith Bullock for help. Keith Bullock ran back with me. <laughs> Keith Bullock then looked at the situation, assessed it, and quickly said, no, these guys don't want to fight as it was getting broken up and walk back inside to continue having fun with the party. Just initially knew, like, these guys, they, they're not fighting. No. They're not fighting. Coming up. But the Army Ranger did want to fight. Let me, let me say that. He fought, and he fought well. Tonight, the Rays will be in a battle against the O's. This is one leg of a three-leg parlay I'm giving tonight where I'm telling you the Orioles will not put up a fight against the Tampa Bay Rays. The 360 parlay is a winner. I'm giving the parlay when we come back. We're going to make some money tonight, preview some things for tomorrow's show as well. Straight ahead on OutKick 360. Hang with us. Let's make it rain. Let's cash it tonight. OutKick 360 and the daily parlay. 
FanDuel.com slash OK360 is where you can go to join us for the parlay. FanDuel.com slash OK360. Here's the parlay. Jacob's got it for us. Tampa Bay, take the money line. Look at the... Look how heavy the favorite is as they take oh, on my O's. look at Hutton's Orioles. I'm telling you, come one, come all. All playoff hopefuls. Boy, Vegas knows those O's well. The when Rays that, leading the spread. AL East uh, for a reason. They're extremely good. The pitching matchup is fantastic. Tampa has won the first three games of the series by multiple runs. There's no reason to expect a different result today. Take the Rays. The pick on Milwaukee, all about their starting pitcher, Woodruff. He's been among the best in the National League all season, Chad. John Lester for St. Louis is 37 years old his last start against milwaukee let's put it this way it did not go well i'm taking the brewers and the money line and then under eight runs in the phillies and diamondbacks matchup zach wheeler for philly the starter tonight two five six era this season among the best in all of baseball you know Philadelphia's offense he's been they've been uh, they have not been as good the first two games in the series saw five runs and six runs scored combined I'm taking the under to cash again tonight in a three-leg parlay. Five, $5 wins you seventeen eighty-five tonight on the parlay. Let's, let's get after it. Phil's almost sacrilegious to play the under in baseball. But Hutton, I like where you're going with those two pitchers and that matchup to go under. I say this every day. Go ahead. I love it. <laughs> I mean, I, I love it. I, I, I have yet to see a bet that I don't love in this parlay. Our overall winning percentage, and granted, it's a parlay. It is. Not great, but I still love this. But when we win, we cash. When we win, we cash. And when people play the Orioles, they win. And Hutton's betting on that to happen once again. I am. Uh, You can join us in Knoxville. Fox and Outkick announcing yesterday through Clay that we are hitting the road. The Outkick College Football Tailgate Bus Tour. We are starting in Knoxville two weeks from tonight as Tennessee kicks off their season against Bowling Green. And there's a post-game party that we're going to be having as well after the live broadcast on that Thursday. That is right, Uptown Bar and Grill, right in the middle of the strip. Uh, For those that maybe were in Knoxville 16, 17, 18 years ago, like myself in school, it's the old Buffalo Wild Wings. That's Uptown Bar and Grill, right in the middle, dead smack in the middle of the strip. In Knoxville, we're going to have an after party. It's going to be a lot of fun. We've got, I think, 500 Outkick shirts uh, that we're going to be giving away at this event also and throughout the day. We're going to do our show there, 3 to 6 Eastern time, Mm -hmm. 2 to 5 Central, Hutton for Outkick 360. And then we're going to go to the game. We're going to come back. We're going to have a good time for the after party. And tomorrow's going to be a great show as well. We're live at noon Eastern, 11 a.m. Central. Paul will join us for the first hour live from Tampa. Hour two is the VolQuest Power Hour. Speaking of the Vols, we'll get all things Knoxville and Tennessee related with Austin Price and Brent Hubs of VolQuest.com. That's tomorrow. Enjoy the evening tonight. Hit us up on Twitter in the meantime at Outkick360. Subscribe to YouTube as well where you can win the Sony and Hertz Audison prize pack. And uh, join us tomorrow live, noon Eastern, right here across the Outkick network for Outkick 360. Hey, it's Jonathan Hutton. Thanks for listening to Outkick 360. Be sure to subscribe to the show to have the latest podcast delivered to you each and every day. And give us five stars. It helps us grow our network and provide you with more great podcasts like this one.